Uh, it says here, uh, I was just meditating on, on this particular verse. Uh, this is Romans chapter 8, verse 15. It says, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Uh, and one of the greatest things that uh, we have received as part of, of the Christian experience is to uh, not just become servants of God and, and not even to become just friends of God because Jesus called them friends of God, but we are now children of God. Uh, that means, uh, uh, and we're adopted as children, you know, uh, and uh, at least in our country, adopted children actually have in some way stronger rights than, than uh, uh, birth birth children because uh, legally you can't do certain things they can't you know just throw them out of the house you know there's certain things that you can't do uh, so there's actually stronger legal protections for adopted children even than uh, than your own children uh, and the Lord has chosen you know he didn't have to do that but he chose to adopt us into his family uh, and <coughs> you know the, uh, uh, one of the greatest things is to have you know family that loves you and parents that love you and you know, of course, not everybody has that, but um, uh, but we have a father that's the greatest father that we could ever imagine. Amen. Uh, and of course, you know, for me personally, you know, my story a little bit that I was an orphan at 15. So there's a uh, scripture in the Old Testament about how he takes care of the fathers and uh, the, the widows and the orphans. And um, uh, but having him as my father has always been uh, precious to me because I've never felt alone. You know, one time, uh, they all, all the disciples had left Jesus, and, and um, he said to, uh, a lot of the other people that left Jesus, you know, because he preached something they didn't like. Uh, and he looked at the 12 and said, what are you, you all going to leave too? And, of course, Peter said, where, where would he go? But other times he said, he said, you know, I'm never alone because the Father is always with me. And, um, you know, for me, I, I've never felt, you know, I felt alone. You know, I've never had uh, uh, days or seasons or hours, or even minutes where, I felt like, well, I'm an orphan. I'm all by myself, you know. I've just I've never felt that because the Lord's always been my father, always been close to me. I've always been close to him. Uh, and so I've never had that longing of, well, I just wish I had an earthly father and, you know, shed tears for that. And I've got spiritual fathers. You know, I consider Brother Randy actually a spiritual father in that. Um, and, you know, I can call him and talk about certain things, you know. Uh, but, um, but we are his children. Uh, and, you know, we said we cry, Abba, Father. You know, that, that's a real... Uh, that's a real strong emotional attachment to your father, right? So it's not just, you know, father from a legal standpoint, but it's father as a, as a close, loving relationship. Uh, and that's what we have today. Now, of course, uh, we have to develop that, right? You have to choose to acknowledge him as your father. You have to choose to spend time with him. You have to choose to fellowship with him. Uh, but if you do that, you know, he'd be, he'll be the greatest asset in your life, uh, the one with the greatest wisdom, the greatest power, uh, it's a great value to to remember and recognize that God is not just your Savior, but He's also your Father. Amen. Uh, and so, I just want to encourage you about that. Meditate on that. You know, remind yourself that uh, that uh, He's your very own Father. Amen. Uh, and so, let's stand and greet each other for just a minute, and then we'll get in praise and worship. Some difficulties to face. All is well, Father, because we have the answer. The answer is Jesus. The answer is the power of God. The answer is the word of heaven. Father, we thank you. All is well, Father, because there's an answer. Father, every question, there's an answer, Father. Will will be okay. Will everything work out? The answer comes from heaven that all is well. The answer, Father, comes from the throne of the Most High God that I have the power to overcome. I have the name to defeat. I have the words to speak, to show the path. Father, all is well because we have the answers for all of life's difficulties. Thank you, Father. Father, there's no circumstance or situation that arises in our lives that we don't have the power the knowledge, the ability, Father, by your Spirit to overcome. In fact, you said in your word that this is the victory that overcometh the world, Father. We don't just barely make it, Father. We have victory. We don't just barely get by, Father. We have complete and total victory. Father, we always win. We always come out on top. Your name and your Spirit, Father, sees to it. 
the price you paid, Father, to shed your blood, to go to the cross, to descend in the depths of hell, Father. It was such a great price to win complete and absolute victory for your people. And Father, we're not just your servants. We're not just your friends, Father. We are your very own children. There's no, there's no devil, Father. There's no sickness, no disease that our Father will not do all in his power to overcome. So Lord, we thank you that you love us as your very children. Father, not as secondary citizens, not as just servants, but your very own children, the closest to the heartbeat of God. Father, we thank you for that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All is well. We can live and abide in that promise, Father, all the days of our lives. And we thank you for that, Father. I just sense when we were, when we were singing, uh, the Lord would like to pray for people today. Specifically, if you've got any kind of uh, joint pains of any kind, um, especially anything to do with arthritis, but any kind of joint pains that you're dealing with, the Lord would like to lay hands on you today. And um, His power will recover. You know, joint pain is not a pain of the elderly. It's a pain that comes from the depths of hell. You're not required to suffer from these things as you get older. The devil loves to, to make excuses that because a day has passed, that you're required to suffer some kind of pain and agony. The only days that pass are days of joy. So, Father, we thank you. In the name of Jesus, for your healing power. And, Lord, every sickness, every disease, Father, yields to the name of Jesus. So, Father, we thank you. In the name of Jesus. Joint Father is healed and well in Jesus' name. Operates according to your design and your plan, Father. Free from pain, Father, with complete mobility. Father, for these hands must be raised to your glory. They must be raised, Father, to worship you. So, Father, I thank you. From this day forward, this body will, will have a healing and a cure being affected by the power the name of Jesus. Free, Father. Free from sickness and disease. Free from pain. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you that if it has a name, it must bow to the name of Jesus. And so, Father, arthritis is a name. It must bow to the name of Jesus. Father, joint pain is a name. Father, the name of Jesus is greater than every name, greater than every sickness and disease. In the name of Jesus, I command these joints to work well, free from pain. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Yes, it is not a sickness, Father, that arrives because of the passage of time. It's a sickness that arrives, Father, because there's an enemy in the world. And Father, your name is above every name, including the names of all the enemies. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Father, free from sickness, disease, and pain, and difficulties. In the name of Jesus. Well and whole in Jesus' name. Thank you.
I thank you. This body is broken in Jesus' name. I declare it to be so. Free from sickness and disease. Arthritis and leave this body in Jesus' name. You are an angel, so you must yield to the name of Jesus. Leave these hands in Jesus' name. These hands are strong. These hands are free from pain and agony. With complete mobility. Father, this hand, in the name of Jesus, is well. In Jesus' name, I command it to be so. You will be free from sickness and disease. In the name of Jesus. Thank you.
sadness of heart. So, Father, I rebuke every pain and sickness in the joints in this body. Every joint will operate as you designed it. And it's strong and healthy and free from pain. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you.
your goodness in the earth. Father, I thank you. This shoulder is healed in Jesus' name. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. God, the Lord is good. Amen. Appreciate his goodness and kindness. The healing of our bodies. Amen. You know, one of the things that I would encourage you to do, especially anytime you go up for prayer, especially for healing, is make sure that your words line up with the Spirit of God afterwards. Amen. Because there, there has probably been a big percentage of uh, healings that are lost because as soon as we we uh, we leave the building and our words start to feed our to defeat our faith, right? Well, you know, I wonder if I got it or uh, this probably won't last or um, you know here it comes again. Um, be careful about your words, amen. Uh, and uh, make sure that your words line up with the with uh, we've talked a lot about about faith, you know, about how we call those things which be not as though they were. I'd get up every day and say, you know, my joints operate freely. They are free from pain. Uh, they will do exactly what they're supposed to do. Uh, and, and, if, and, you know, uh, you ever had a child to misbehave? You know, sometimes um, our bodies will do the same thing. They'll start to misbehave. And uh, it's your responsibility as the caretaker of that body to put it in line. And so I start speaking it. No, you don't. You're going to straighten up. No, you're not having that sickness and disease. No, you're not having that arthritis. Um, I remember one time I was, I was uh, this is many years ago, I was mowing the yard and uh, both my hands on the back side of my hands started hurting. I thought, that's really weird, you know, my hands don't hurt, you know. And, and just the revelation of the Lord showed me that, well, that's arthritis. And see, I love that because if it's a name, then it has to bow to the name of Jesus. And, um, and I said, oh, no, you're not having arthritis. And I started speaking to my hands, you're not, you're not going to have arthritis in, in, in my hands. Um, and it all went away. Hasn't been there since, you know. Uh, and so, uh, you know, sometimes you got to speak to it, amen, in faith. You don't hook up with it. Well, here it comes again. You speak to it and, and you rebuke it in the name of Jesus. It's like an unruly child, amen. Because the devil, you know, uh, the Bible says, neither give place to the devil. And he's trying to get you to hook up with him. Oh, you know, I'm the, I come from a long line of people with arthritis, you know. I had it since I was 12. And... Um, uh, you know, and, you, and, and you, what you're doing is you're giving place to the devil. Amen. Faith operates very, uh, very straightforward in a straightforward way. It's very different than the world operates because the world will think you're crazy to talk to your own body. Amen. But, you know, Jesus, remember uh, one time he rebuked the fever. So he speaks to, he's not only just uh, prays for the sick, he speaks to the sickness directly. He rebuked the fever. Amen. And so anything in the universe can hear the voice of faith. Uh, and if you speak faith, it has to yield. So it's not just demonic spirits and uh, the mountains. It's sickness and disease and everything, your joints and your blood and your brain. And um, make sure that your words don't hook up with the devil, that your words hook up with faith. Amen. I'm healed. I'm well. I'm strong. Uh, Moses was 120 years old and, and uh, uh, his eyes were not dim and his, and his natural forces were not abated. Amen. So he was strong. So when people say, well, how do you die? You just turn a light off and you go home. That's it. You just, uh, 1030, I'm going home. You know, you can just die, just stop. You know, you just, because uh, Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Your spirit man just checks out of the hotel, flips the light off and goes home, right? And, uh, you know, it's not Motel 6. They don't leave the lights on. You know, they just turn the lights off and go home to be with the Lord. Amen. It's perfectly fine to die well. Amen. You don't have to die of, of some debilitating disease. Uh, you can just die when it's your time. Amen. Well, you never know. Well, you can know. Paul said, you know, he's trying to decide, do I leave or stay? Right. Uh, and Jesus said, no man takes my life from me. I lay it down. And if I lay it down, I pick it up. He said, this commandment have I received from the father. Uh, and so uh, will you live forever? There's no promise in the Bible that says you will live forever. Amen. Not physically. Uh, you will live forever spiritually. Uh, but there's no promises you can live forever. The, the, in fact, the, the greatest promise that I see is that you can live 120 years, uh, according to Genesis chapter 6. Uh, and, um, 
there is a promise over in, in uh, Psalm 90 about uh, 70 to 80 years, which seems like where most people get to, 70 to 80 years, but that's not the ideal. I believe the ideal is 120 years. Just think what you could learn if you could live to be 120 years old. Amen? Uh, that means I'm not even halfway there. Uh, and so, uh, of course, some people, you know, uh, it might be better for them to check out early because they get so crotchety by the time they're 50, you know, just think about how mean they'd be by the time they're 120, right? I mean, they're mean at 50. Man, they'd be so mean by the time they're 120, right? Uh, and so uh, I'll let them decide whatever they want to do. But um, anyway, the Lord is good. Amen. Uh, well, let's turn our uh, Bibles to the, the book of Matthew. I was thinking, you know, we're, we're down to uh, the last two um, uh, Beatitudes here in Matthew chapter 5. And I was thinking, I think I can get through that, you know, because next week is Brother Randy. And I really wanted to say I got done with all the Beatitudes before he got here. But um, unless you want to buckle up and hang on for the best you can, you know, for the ride, I don't know that we're going to get through with it today. But uh, it's, you know, we're, we're not under any pressure about it either way. So we finished up last week talking about blessed are the peacemakers for they should be called the children of God. So our job is to bring peace where peace can be brought. Amen. Sometimes peace cannot be brought and we should not we should not um, pursue peace at the cost of our uh, morals and ethics. Amen. Um, uh, You know, one time years ago, uh, I was working for a boss and he was not a good boss at all. He was in fact, he was a pretty terrible boss. Uh, But um, he was a vice president of Grand Poobah, whatever he was, and um, uh, we were having a situation where uh, some equipment we had ordered hadn't come in yet, and it needed to come in by the end of the month, because if it didn't, then, then the finances of that would go over to the next month, and his finances would look bad, and of course, then his boss would say something about, hey, how come you're not running your finances well, and, uh, and so he looked at me, because it was my equipment that I had ordered, he looked at me, he said, you go down to the accounting department, and you tell them that we got the equipment in. So they'll go ahead and put it on our books uh, for that month, even though we hadn't got it in. Well, what was he wanting me to do? He's wanting me to lie, right? And, and so, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a, you know, a lowly uh, uh, employee compared to him. And, and, of course, he did this in the middle of a staff meeting to pressure me, right? Because, uh, you know, he thought he could add the pressure of uh, all my peers there. I was the youngest uh, person on the staff. Uh, and, he, and he was hoping that by, the, by saying that in front of all my peers and, and in front of him, that he would pressure me to go do that. And of course, you know, when you live by the Lord in faith, you're never under pressure, right? You're just not, not under pressure to, to compromise. And so I looked at him and said, I'm not going to lie. Uh, uh, and, and of course, as soon as I did, uh, said that, you know, he just, you know, the steam started rising. Just, How dare I tell him I'm not going to lie on his behalf? And, of course, I wasn't belligerent about it, but, you know, sometimes when people just straightforward tell you to do something wrong, you can straightforward tell them, I'm not doing that. You know, you don't have to, you know, shroud it in some nice, you know, kind words and, well, you know, there may be other options, you know. That. No, I'm not lying. Uh, and he didn't like that, you know. And, of course, from that point on, there was war between me and him, really, on his side, right? Uh, and so, but, but I said, what, well, I, what, what I will do is I'll make sure it does get here on time so that when it gets here on time, that the books will be okay, which is the right answer. But he didn't think there was any way they could get it on time. Well, he hadn't met me, apparently. And so, uh, you know, you, you can do what you, what you do, right? You call every day, and you, and you make sure it gets shipped and, and all that. And it did. It arrived on time. All the books were good. Uh, but see, sometimes people will say, well, I need to be a peacemaker. But in order to be a peacemaker, they will compromise. Well, you can't ever compromise, amen? Uh, you stand your ground. You don't have to be belligerent about it. You know, some people just really, you know, can be annoying about it and, and rude about things. You don't have to be that way. You're not required to be that way. Uh, but you're a peacemaker where you can be, make peace, amen? Uh, and, and my goal always is, is, is any circumstance, I will bring peace. There are plenty of circumstances where people will not receive peace. That's not on me, though, amen? But I will be a peacemaker, Amen. Some people, no matter what you do, you get into them and, and everything is gasoline on a fire, right? I mean, it's a, no matter what you do, it explodes. Well, that's, you know, that's a brawler, right? Uh, for, uh, Timothy, First Timothy calls them brawlers, right? And, and, and I love that word brawler because that's what people are. You just know people like that? Everything's a fight. How are you doing? You know, I mean, just it doesn't matter what you do. They just, they just they bite your head off, right? Well, they're brawlers, right? They're never peacemakers. They're the opposite of peacemakers, right? Uh, and so... 
Uh, and one of the nice things about being a peacemaker is there's no drama in my life. You go to my house, no drama, right? There's no, no drama at all. We're not fussing and fighting, no frying pans thrown through the air, right? Nobody's ducking, there's no holes in the wall, and, uh, and um, uh, there's peace at our house, amen? Because both of us are peacemakers, amen? Uh, we will not, uh, you know, some people feud for years, right? Just feud, you know, married couples feud for years over, over dumbest things, right? And, and, and instead of finding peace, they'll just feud over it. And I said, well, you know, it ain't going anywhere. You might as well figure it out, amen? Uh, and so, uh, but, uh, but that's, that's a, a great beatitude. He said, blessed if you're that person, for you'll be called the children of God. You will look like God wants you to look like, Amen. We're children of God. We should look like God. Uh, we should act like God. Uh, and uh, then he comes down to uh, these, these awesome uh, Beatitudes here in verse 10 and 11. It says, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, but theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And very similar, although it's a little bit different. Uh, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which which were before you. So uh, in both, uh, uh, this is the eighth and the ninth uh, Beatitudes, both of them talk about persecution, uh, but there's a little bit difference there, so we'll cover them as if if they're different because they are mentioned differently. First of all, in in the first one there in verse 10, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. So if you're doing righteous things, the world will persecute you. If you're doing righteous things, the church will persecute you. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever been around people in church that always want to, you know, play both sides of the fence? And I remember we used to know this fellow at church. He loved to tell dirty jokes at church. You know, and I'm not talking like pig falls in a mud puddle kind of dirty jokes. I'm talking about dirty jokes that you don't tell your mama, right? And, and, and so, uh, so we'd be just kind of just you know, fellowshipping around before church, and he would start telling a dirty joke. And, and I would say something like, you know, I hear my mother calling, you know, sorry, I'm not old enough for this conversation or whatever, you know, and, and I would leave because, you know, lightning scatters and I don't want it to, you know, to take me out. I didn't do nothing wrong, but, you know, I don't want to be there if, it, you know, he becomes a greasy spot and not the Lord's going to zap him or anything, but just in case, right? You're just going to cover all your bases. And so, so I would leave uh, and, and, and then he would just get, I, I, then I would come around again the next time he'd say, oh, there he is. He thinks he's better than everybody else. He thinks he's better than me, you know. And, you know, I'm thinking, well, I, you know, in that area I am, you know, if you don't, <laughs> not that we're keeping a list or anything, but, you know, I'm not telling dirty jokes. Uh, but see, I would be just because, I, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't judge him. I didn't say, well, how dare you say that in church, you know, which is, you know, should you be telling dirty jokes in church? I mean, you think there'd be some basic, you know, some basic things, right, that you shouldn't should have learned in kindergarten. You know, don't tell dirty jokes in church. Really? That's a thing? Yeah, of course, that's a thing, right? Uh, and, you know, really, you shouldn't tell him anywhere. There's no, there's no appropriate place to tell a dirty joke. There's plenty of jokes that you can tell that, are, that you know, that the Lord Jesus will not frown upon. Uh, and so, uh, because he said you're going to be judged for every idle word. You know that, right? That would be considered an idle word. He, he said, Jesus said every word. You know how long it's going to take him to do that? Just one person. You know, how many words have you said in the last six months? He's going to start with the first one. Oh, the, this word right here. You know, I mean, just be like, Lord, can we just get it over with? I mean, we'll be, how long are we going to be here, right? Every, every idle word, that's a lot, amen? Uh, and so he's going to, he said every idle word. Well, that would be an idle word, amen? Uh, and so, uh, but I can't tell you how, now, look, I'm not the super self-righteous person. And, you know, if, if I'm around a bunch of sinners and they're telling dirty jokes or whatever, it, 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 you know, whatever, right? They're sinners, I'm not getting mad because a sinner actually sins, you know. I mean, some people, you ever notice church people get offended when sinners actually sin? Well, you know, they're called sinners for a reason, right? Uh, I can't believe they sinned. Well, what would they do? That's all they do, right, is sin, amen? So it doesn't bother me at all to go in the world and people are sinning and doing things. Now, I'm not going to join with them because sometimes the church, well, we've got to join and make them feel comfortable. No, I mean, a lot of times I'll show up and they all get uncomfortable just because I, they, I'm there, right? Sometimes I get around my family and some of them like to use colorful language and and most of them will just straighten up as soon as I, as soon as I show up, really to honor the Lord, you know, and, and not because I'm, you know, I never correct them, I never rebuke them, I never say, you know, don't use those words around me. You know, I, it's not my job to be their, to be their conscience, amen? Uh, but if it's in the church and, you know, someone who ought to know better is doing that, I, you know, I'm not going to participate. I just, I'm not going to do it and won't do it. And, and people think I'm religious or self-righteous and, 
It's got nothing to do with that. I just, I don't want to be around that. I feel like I got to take a bath when I get home if I get around that, you know, that. The world, they're the world. I'm called to go out in the world and help them, amen? But the church, I'm not required to listen to that. Now, I'm not also, I'm not their conscience, and I'm not going to run around and point my finger at them, you know, and rebuke them, and they don't, they don't answer to me. And, and so, now, if I'm the pastor, and, and you're telling dirty jokes in my church, you know, and, and I walk up on it, I might say, hey, you know, take that outside, you know, uh, because I do have some authority in this situation. Uh, but, you know, I may, let, I may not say anything about it. And, and so just understand that, that my, my lack of response is not the same as my approval. Amen. Uh, just because I don't say anything doesn't mean I approve of it either. You know, the Lord doesn't say everything about uh, I mean, if he told you everything that you ever did wrong, that's all he would do is spend all the time telling you everything that you're doing wrong. Amen. Uh, and so you will be persecuted for righteousness. Say, if you choose to live a righteous life, you will be persecuted. The church, the, the church will hate you. The world will hate you. Amen. Uh, it, it's, it's, uh, I have seen it in both ways where uh, the world will persecute you and, and, and do things against you. And the church will even do that. Amen. If you, if you stand your ground and, and refuse to uh, compromise. Amen. Uh, you know, Paul told the Romans, uh, in Romans chapter 12, he said, Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, much, so, much, so many times the church loves to, to be conformed to this world, sound like the world, act like the world, thinking that if we do that, then that's, that's what makes the world comfortable and they'll come to know the Lord Jesus. You know, nobody's going to come to the Lord Jesus because of your compromise. No, there's, no, there's no sinner going, Wow, you know, you're really cool and hip, you know. Uh, I want to be just like you. Well, in fact, I'm already just like you because you're doing everything I'm doing. So there's nothing for me to change. Amen. Uh, no, uh, see, I can be happy without doing sinful things. Amen. Uh, and, and it's not that you've got to wear, you know, wear this big badge of, you know, I don't do these things. Right. Uh, you know, I know some people just they're so religious, you can't do anything. Right. And, and you know, there's a balance to everything. and You've got to find that balance in your own, in your own life. Right. Uh, Paul told the Philippians, work at your own salvation with fear and trembling. So you've got to, in, in every situation, you've got to decide, Lord, what can I do? What can I do? Now, I know there's some absolutes that you can't cross the line, but, you know, there's a lot of gray areas that, you know, oh, what can you do? What can you say? What, what people can you be around? You've got to find that path for yourself. It's not, people want to make everything so legalistic that there's, there, there's no room for the Spirit of God to move at all. Amen. Because sometimes if the Lord needs you to be around that, that brother, because Galatians 6.1 says, uh, when you find your brother in a fault, uh, restore such a one. So how would you see your brother in a fault if you're not around your brother that has faults? Amen. So there are times when, when the Lord needs you to be around a brother that's got faults to so say, hey, you know, uh, let's, not, let's not use those words here, right? Uh, let's find better words uh, with the goal of restoring them. Amen. If your goal is to rebuke them and stick your, you know, uh, stick your thumb in their eyeball, well, that's not really Galatians 6.1. Amen. Your goal is to be to restore them he said, in a spirit of meekness, look into yourself, lest you also be tempted. Amen. So, you know, there's no law. There's no law about what you do, what you can't do. I mean, those things. I know there are some absolutes, but for the most part, you've got to be led by the spirit of God. If the word of God is clear, then, yeah, you, you can't commit adultery to to win all the adulterers. Right. I mean, I, well, I just I thought that would help. That's not going to help. Right. Uh, you don't you don't rob the bank to to win the robbers. Right. To win, win the armed robbers. That's not going to help. Amen. Because uh, the Bible says, let him, that steal st- uh, let him that stole steal no more. So, you know, there are some absolutes, amen? And, and, you know, if there are absolutes, you follow that absolute. But there's a lot of things in life that there's no absolutes. You've got to find that place. But you've got to be righteous in everything that you do, amen? You've got to have the right standing with the Lord and, and do that. And he said uh, that you will be persecuted for this. Uh, and, and so <clears throat> uh, are, are we okay with that? I mean, you've got to get to be okay with that. The, 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 one of the things that I've seen that, that's a real problem in the church is people oftentimes will go out of their way to avoid any persecution. And they will, they will start conforming to the world and sound like the world and act like the world to avoid persecution. <clears throat> well, that's really the wrong, the wrong uh, mentality. Amen. You just live for the Lord and if persecution comes, well, that's unfortunate. He said, if you're persecuted, you'll be blessed. Uh, and yours is the kingdom of heaven. So uh, what does the Lord have? Everything. He said, if, if, uh, if you will remain righteous, all that I have is yours. And you have access to it right now, right? No, not just in the life to come, but in this life right now, right? Uh, and so it's going to happen. 
uh, are, you've got to be okay with it. See, the, the, thing that I, the, the thing that I know and trust in my life is no matter what happens, I'm okay. What if they fire you? I've got a better job. In fact, that same boss, the Lord said, be careful because he's turned against you. And he did. I had stellar reviews every quarter for years, right? And then all of a sudden I had the worst reviews. And I said, well, what's changed? I mean, you, you were singing my praises a month ago. Now you're saying I'm the worst employee ever. What was he trying to do? He was just trying to, to get me, you know, and I talked to, you know, upper management and things. In fact, I, talked, I was going to talk to his boss. His boss died suddenly, you know, and, and so, you know, I don't think he killed him or anything, but, uh, 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 but his boss was a good, uh, respectable person that I could have had a conversation with, and it came to an end. I knew that, okay, the, this path has come to an end. Well, you know, the Lord, the Lord provided. I made one phone call, got a better job at a better company uh, in that se- setting, right? I mean, just, you know, there's... 50,000 people work for that company, so uh, the whole company wasn't corrupt, just that one boss, right? So no problem. You make a phone call, you get a better job. It's no big deal, amen? You move on. Uh, and so it wasn't a problem at all. Uh, and so, uh, but it will happen. If you will live righteous, you will be persecuted. You've got to know the Lord will take care of you. You've got to know he will provide, amen? If they close all the doors, he'll open them all the new ones, amen? It doesn't matter what, what happens. You will be okay, Amen? Uh, if he has to promote that, that boss out of there uh, to, to move them out, then he'll do that too. That's happened to Chris many times. So he had a boss that, that uh, uh, he was just one of these just, just, just exploding kind of bosses. No matter what you do, he'd just scream at you. you know, I had a scream boss. He'd come in my office just screaming at me all the time, you know. And i just like, blah, 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 blah. You know, he'd wait till he got done with the screaming and I'd have a conversation with him. But this boss was just crazy. And, uh, and he said, you know, uh, you don't like me screaming at you, do you? Well, of course not, right? He said, uh, uh, well, don't you do that at a home? She said, we never argue. He said, that's your problem, that you and your husband never argue. <laughs> it's not my problem, it's your problem, because you're just out of control. They finally got rid of him, you know, but, it, but he was there way longer than he should have been. Uh, and so, uh, but it's going to happen, amen? You will be persecuted, uh, and you've got to have confidence that, it's gonna, that you're going to be okay. Now, you're going to be persecuted for righteousness' sake. So one of the things you've got to be careful about is, you know, the world and even the church will persecute people for a lot of reasons, amen? Not just for, for righteousness' sake, but, you know, if you're different. You know, sometimes people are different for different sake. And then they get persecuted, and they say, see, I'm being persecuted because so I'm different, you know? Because I like to, you know, I like to, you know, shave the side of my head and, you know, grow the other side of my hair long, you know? I don't care. what You do whatever you want to do your hair. I mean, you know, I don't care, you know? But uh, sometimes people will do things only to be different. Right. It's not because they really like it, but the, but they but what they do is they look at, at all of you all and go, well, you know, you look like that. You look like that. So I'm going to look like not like any of you all. Not because that's why I want to look, but I just don't want to look like any of you all. And so that's just rebellion. It's not because they're just, you know, uh, I mean, I had some students that, you know, every day this one girl come in different color hair, like yellow and green. And and I had like 20, you know, uh, uh, dry erase markers because I you know, go right on a board. And I said, I'm going to try to use the same color marker as your hair every day, right? And, and uh, I said, but, you know, this one, and I had the same color as your hair, but you couldn't see it on the board, so I guess we're going to have to use a different color today. And it was fine. I didn't care about it, you know. And so, but sometimes there's rebellion that rises up. I want to be different for different sake. Uh, and, and so, you know, a lot of times people have rebellion against ties and suits. Well, I'm not wearing a tie to church, you know. And I look out here and, you know, I... I count one other tie, two ties besides mine, right? And so a bunch of rebellious people out there. I don't care. Uh, who cares, right? Uh, and so, but I've been persecuted because I wear a tie, which is to me absurd, you know, that you're going to get mad at me because, well, you know, you shouldn't have to wear a tie. Is there any rules? Did you come in here and say there's a rule? Uh, there's no rules here about that. Uh, and so, but I wear, you know, I wear a tie because I, that's what I want to do. Amen. Uh, and so, but you will be persecuted. If you live a righteous life, you will be persecuted, right? You, you will be uh, sometimes, uh, especially outside of our country, physically harmed, right? Thrown in the jail, uh, ostracized out of the community, ostracized out of society. Uh, it will happen, amen? What, uh, what Peter said, uh, he said in 1 Peter three fourteen. but if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, uh, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. See, there will be terror, there will be trouble that tries to come your way if you live for righteousness' sake. Uh, he said, don't, don't be afraid of that. Uh, it's going to happen, amen? Uh, the more righteous you live, the more terror, the more trouble 
uh, that people will try to bring into your life because of that. It's unfortunate. But see, uh, he said, Jesus said, and both Peter said, uh, uh, Peter said, happy are you. Jesus said, blessed are you. So is there value in being righteous? Well, sure there is. Amen. So you should do it. And, and yeah, there may be some negative consequences to come about, but, but you will be happy. You will be okay, right? What all, all I can guarantee for you is that you're going to be okay. I can't guarantee that anything else around you is going to be okay, but I can guarantee that you will be okay. You'll be happy. You'll be blessed. And, and Jesus said, you'll have the kingdom of heaven. Uh, but don't be troubled, amen? Now, uh, uh, over in um, Mark chapter 10, uh, this is uh, right after the parable of, or not the parable, but the story of the rich young ruler, uh, and you remember, uh, Jesus talked about, you know, uh, give, sell all that you have, give to the poor. And the rich young ruler left. And Jesus said, you know, how hard is it for the rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven? They were all amazed. You know, wow, you know, if they can't make it, we can't make it. And, and Peter, so Peter in, in uh, verse 28, uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 28, said, Peter began to say to him, lo, we have left all. We have followed thee. Well, if you've left everything and followed Jesus, that sounds like you're living a righteous life. Amen. Uh, and the implication was, the question was, What's in it for us? If we do that, if we, if we actually leave everything like you told the rich young ruler to do and follow you, what's in it for us? And Jesus said, I say unto you, there is no man that has left house or brother or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel's sake. For, so if you're doing something, giving up something for the Lord Jesus, is there value in doing that? And Jesus said, there is. He said, if you've done any of these things for my sake and the gospel's sake, he said, you shall receive a hundredfold What's those next four words? Is it up there? Now in this time, right? Are we in verse, uh, uh, in verse, uh, yeah, in verse 30, right? Uh, but he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time. Right there it is. Now in this time, right? So where, when is now in this time? That would be now in this time, right? It's not tomorrow. It's not in the future. It's not when you, it's now, right? Now means now. I know that's a, a pretty big revelation, right? Now in this time. So, so if you, if you follow the Lord, will you, can you expect to be blessed in this life? Sure you can. There's anything wrong with being blessed in this life. Nothing wrong with being blessed in this life. So, so, so much of the church will persecute you because you're blessed in this life, right? Now, I know there's their balance. There's a balance to everything, right? If everything's about money, then we're out of balance, amen? Have there been ministries all about money? There have been plenty of ministries all about money, amen? Uh, and so uh, does that do away with the truth of what Jesus said? He said, you shall receive a hundredfold now in this time. So what did he say? Houses and brethren. So, uh, is, it, so is a house a natural thing? It's a natural thing, right? These are only spiritual blessings. No, it's just a, a house is a, is a natural blessing. Brethren and sisters and mothers and, and children and lands. Is lands a natural thing? Sure. Is it the most important thing to be blessed financially in your life? It's not the most important thing, but is it okay to be blessed financially? It's okay, perfectly fine. Brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions. So when you're blessed because you live for righteousness sake, as Jesus said, blessed are you when they persecute you. So part of the blessing is to receive from the Lord the things in this natural world. And if you receive that, people will persecute you. You know how many people persecute ministers because they, they fly an airplane? I mean, it's amazing. You know, I don't fly an airplane because, I mean, I could. But I have to drive all over the airport and then fly. I don't know where I'm going to fly because we were still in the same city, right? But I mean, I guess I could fly to the end of the, end of the runway and then get out and drive back over here, right? The church, right? But uh, so I don't really need a jet airplane, right? Or even an airplane of any kind. Uh, but you know how I many people persecute uh, people in, in, in uh, uh, ministers that have jets? I, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, is there a limit to God? Is there like, some, well... And, and you, you see all these celebrities, you know, uh, some, for some reason, somebody's mad about it. Some celebrity took a 10-minute flight in their jet airplane, right? You know how much fuel burns in, in 10 minutes, you know, just to, I mean, uh, you, of course, they're flying at 500 miles an hour. I don't know how fast it was going, but, you know, a typical jet can fly about 500 miles an hour. So 10 minutes, I mean, that's just, you know, I don't know how far that is, but not very far, right? So 10 minutes, uh, and they were, oh, I can't believe they did that, you know. Who cares? Uh, I mean, just whatever, right? Uh, and so, uh, but celebrities do this stuff like all the time. They have multiple airplanes, all kinds of stuff. A, a minister has a nice car and they get mad at them, right? Uh, and, and it seems to be focused on ministers, well, because, well, you know, they, they, they took all that money from the people. Am I, am I taking any money from anybody? You know, most of these ministers are doing that. Very rarely are they receiving offerings to themselves. You know, it usually goes into the ministry's funds and they just get paid a, a fixed salary. Uh, and, and again, it's not my business how they do that, but 
But, you know, if you're blessed because you've given up something for the Lord, what's going to happen? You're going to be persecuted, right? I would encourage you, don't be the ones who do the persecutions. Just leave it alone. What if he stole the money? None of my business. That's between him and the Lord, right? Am I, is he answer to me? He doesn't answer to me. Now, I don't have to give him the money if, if, if I feel like it's corrupt. But, you know, I don't have to run around and persecute him. Because what if you're wrong? What if you're persecuting him and, and you find out to be wrong? Then just leave it alone. Because Romans chapter 14 says, Who art thou that judges another man's servant? Amen. Uh, in fact, I saw something the other day. Someone said, Well, so-and-so is a false prophet and they're going to die and go to hell. I mean, that's, that's a pretty stout persecution for Facebook, right? I mean, you know, who are you to make that judgment? Who art thou that judges another man's servant? Die and go to hell. So you've determined the eternal destiny. So somehow you know what's in their heart. You know whether they've committed any actual sin unto death. You know this because of whatever natural things you can observe. And you've never met this person in life. You never talked to them individually. You just hear about them and see what they do on TV. And you've judged their eternal destiny. Man, that isn't, that's impressive. That you can do that. You can stand in an office. I didn't know the office of the, of the judge of the world was available for hire. I thought God the Father was a judge of the earth. And that uh, that position is not available for hire. But so when we stand in that, uh, that judgment, what are we doing? We're, we're the wrong, wrong side of verses 28 through 30 here, right? Because if somebody receives these things because they're living a righteous life. Now, look, I, not, I'm not their judge. How do you know? They, I don't know. I just leave it alone. Amen. But people love to harp on things, you know, and you ask me, it's like, well, how many people have you helped this year? I can guarantee you that person over there that's driving, flying that jet airplane has helped tens of thousands of people this year. This year, how many have you helped? Well, I helped my neighbor. That's great. That's awesome. That's 10,000 more to go. And you're caught up with this guy flying the jet airplane. Amen. Uh, and again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gunning for a jet airplane. I don't want to, if you have a jet airplane, you got to fuel a jet airplane, right? You got to keep up the jet airplane, right? Brother Randy has to have a whole, I mean, he's got a, you know, he doesn't have a jet airplane, uh, but he's got an airplane. He has to have a hangar and all this. I mean, you know, and it's fine because it's helpful for him to do that. He's on the road all the time. Amen. I'm not making a case, which I'm just saying that people love to pick things out of the air and just say, well, that's wrong. So what if he flies first class? Yeah, that's wrong. What if he flies uh, economy plus? Yeah, that's wrong. Too much leg room. Yeah. <laughs> You can't have that, you know, you're not allowed to have that much legroom. Well, who are you the judge? When's the limit, right? Where's the, where are you cut off, right? You can, you, you got to fly a regular, regular coach, but not the exit seat because that's got too much legroom, right? I mean, it's just, who, who made you the judge, right? Who, who put that in your uh, responsibility? Did the Lord Jesus do that? Then leave it alone. Amen. There was too much to do to be judging other people that you don't even know. Uh, and I don't judge them, right? Uh, and so... He said, uh, if you do that now, he said, you'll be persecution. So if you're blessed, you'll be persecuted. Amen. Bring it on. I'd rather be blessed and be persecuted than, than not be blessed and not be persecuted. I mean, that's, you know, I'm not looking to be blessed and persecuted. I'd rather be blessed and not persecuted. You know, sometimes it happens. Amen. You're not always guaranteed to be persecuted, but he said that'll happen. Amen. It's going to happen. If you're blessed, you'll be persecuted. If you're, because what are you doing? You're living a righteous lifestyle. If you've given up anything for the Lord and for his sake and the gospel's sake, you're living a righteous lifestyle. Amen. This is not about, you know, uh, we're not trying to make any, uh, I mean, some people get so mad anytime you talk about anything related to uh, prosperity, they just get so bent out of shape. But I didn't write this. Jesus said this. Amen. Did he say that you'll receive these things now in this time? A hundred, and not just things, a hundredfold. Amen. A hundredfold. That's a lot. A hundred times anything is a lot. Amen. Uh, and I don't want a hundred houses. I gave you gave a house away. Here's a hundred. I don't want you, you know how much mowing time would take to mow a hundred houses, you know, and then cleaning. And then, you know, you got to I mean, just it's just uh, it's just stuff. Right. No, I don't want a hundred times more stuff. Right. Lord will negotiate. We'll get something else instead. Right. Uh, and so and in the world to come eternal life. So. Uh, we'll just uh, well, we're about out of time. Let, let me just read uh, this last verse here and then we'll go. Uh, in Acts chapter 5, it says in, in verse 40, uh, this, this was um, when, the, when uh, Peter and John had been arrested in Acts chapter 3 for praying for the man at the, at the gate beautiful. They, they arrested them, Peter and John, uh, and uh, it says, And to him they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak 
in the name of Jesus and let them go. So just speak in the name of Jesus, they were beaten physically. Just speak in the name of Jesus, right? Uh, and th- of course, the man was healed, lame forever, and he got healed. Yeah, we don't like that. The religious people. You know, some, you know how many religious people are mad because we prayed for the sick this morning? You know how many religious people just, God doesn't heal anymore. Well, you haven't met the same God I met, right? He still does heal, amen? Uh, and, he, and so uh, this, is the, this is the religious group beating the ministers, amen? You know how, many in, how much infighting there is in the church because how dare you speak in other tongues? How dare you pray for the sick? How dare you believe in prosperity? How dare you believe that you can just be happy? You can't be happy. You're a Christian. I mean, every one of these starts with the word blessed, which also means happy, right? Every one of these beatitudes starts with the word blessed. So you are perfectly allowed to be happy. Amen. Uh, and, and so, and it says, and they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. You know, that, that's a real badge of honor. When, when you get persecuted for righteousness sake, you should treat that as a badge of honor. Instead of shame, right? Because there's shame involved, right? And we'll talk a little bit about that in the next beatitude, uh, which we'll finish up uh, in a couple of weeks there. But uh, Brother Randy will be here next week. Uh, but they counted themselves worthy to suffer shame. See, you should never take it as, oh, you just really bothered me that they persecuted me. You should just go throw your chest down and go, they persecuted me. You know, I'm somebody. The Lord saw that. Amen. Uh, and and uh, he said, they were kind of worthy to suffer for the for now did they look for it were they trying to to get persecuted no some people try to get persecuted we're not trying to be persecuted we just want to live a righteous life according to the word of god and the spirit of god and some people will not be happy with that sometimes the church will not be happy with that sometimes the world will not be happy with that i'm not going to live my life what makes you happy I'm going to live my life what makes the Lord Jesus happy. Amen. And if I make him happy, that will unfortunately make other people unhappy. Well, that, but we've got to make sure that our goal is not intentionally try to make people unhappy. We're not going to try and go do things that make you mad, right? I'm not going to go, you know, oh, you, you hate prosperity, so let's only talk about prosperity. You know, well, maybe. I mean, I might do that, you know, uh, because if, if it's the Word of God, we're going to talk, talk about the Word of God. Amen. But I'm not going to go out of my way with the goal of, of, uh, of causing people discomfort. I'm going to live my life according to the dictates of the Word of God and His Spirit. And unfortunately, that will make people unhappy. Uh, and it will make some people in the church unhappy. These are the people that were in, in the covenant of God who persecuted uh, James and John because they lived a righteous life. They prayed for the sick. Uh, and, and the man was healed. And they still got mad at him. I mean, isn't that crazy? They still got mad at him. The man had been, been uh, lame forever from his mother's womb. Uh, and... You know, how dare you? We're going to beat you for that. For what in particular are you beating me for? You know, speak of the name of Jesus. But the name of Jesus got this man healed. Yeah, we don't like that. Uh, and so, you know, it's going to happen. And there's still a little bit of persecution in the church because people like us speak in tongues and we pray for the sick. We believe in prosperity. We believe in health and wholeness. And, and, and uh, you know, we're on this life only for, to advance the kingdom of heaven. But along the way, Jesus said, now in this life, uh, good things can come towards you. Amen. That's not the primary goal, but it's a, it's a nice side benefit. Amen. And the primary goal is to advance the kingdom of heaven. Uh, and so uh, what I would encourage you to do, be careful that you don't live in your life so that you avoid persecution. Well, if I do that, they'll persecute me. So I'm not going to do that. But if you're supposed to do that, then you're out of the will of God by not doing it. Amen. Do whatever the Lord wants you to do. And if there's consequences that you suffer for that, you're going to be okay. Amen. Peter and John were okay after this. Uh, you know, they, they still went on in, in Acts chapter 4. The building started shaking. They started uh, healing more people. Uh, would that be okay to heal more people? That'd be okay, amen? Uh, and so they were perfectly fine. Uh, so just be careful about not uh, about uh, leading your life so that you don't, uh, uh, or so that you avoid all persecution, amen? That's not our goal. And the same thing, don't run your life with the standpoint of intentionally trying to inflict discomfort on somebody else that's also wrong amen our goal is to love people and do the will of god and and unfortunately that will cause some people to be upset that's fine right and they may get up and say you know that church down there is is, uh they're false prophets and are going to die and go to hell not not having ever met us and spoke to us now they don't say that about us but they said about that one minister i'm like i know you've never met this person so how can you sit there in judgment about that 
That's just crazy. People say things like that, you know. Uh, and so, uh, anyway, is the Lord good? The Lord is good. Amen. So that, that was the eighth uh, beatitude. Uh, there's just one more. And it's similar, but it, it's different enough that we'll spend some time looking at it. Uh, because some, some other things that come about by you living a righteous life. Amen. Uh, and so uh, we're running a, a little bit late, but are you okay if we receive communion, though? Uh, we usually receive communion the first Sunday of every month. Uh, is there any law? Jesus said as often as you do it, right? So you could do it every day, every week. We do it every month. Uh, and so we like to just do that because it, it, he said, do this in remembrance of me. So it's a good time to remember what the Lord has done for us. Uh, and, and uh, of course, uh, if you look at the, the plan of redemption, we studied just the plan of redemption for about six months or so, uh, one time on Wednesday nights. And um, if you look at all the things the Lord took care of in the plan of redemption, he took care of a lot of things. Uh, but he wanted to focus on two specific areas uh, in, the, in, in, the, uh, 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 in communion. And so, uh, so, we'll, so we'll receive communion today. And so we've got the bread and the juice. And, and Jesus said, uh, this bread represents my body. So he didn't say it was his body. You know, there are people in the church who believe it actually turns into the body of Jesus. It, it's just bread, right? And we got it down wherever the bread store is, you know, and they make these little uh, chunks of bread just for communion. Uh, and, and so it doesn't become the body of Jesus. He said it, it represents his body, uh, broken for us, amen? So whatever was done to his body was done for us. So he was not a victim, right? It wasn't, it, he, he, uh, nobody snuck up on him and got anything one, got one over on him. He chose to do it. He chose to allow them to do this to him, right? He chose to allow them to put all the stripes on his back, right? Uh, and in fact, the Old Testament says that he was marred more than any other man. Uh, and that's pretty serious, amen? And yet he still, he still made it. And, and, um, but uh, both Isaiah 53 and 1 Peter 2, 24 says that by his stripes you were healed. So where were the stripes uh, placed upon Jesus? On his body, right? So his body was given for us. So the stripes that he received on his body was for us, right? It wasn't just to, you know, uh, just to be beaten for beaten's sake. It was to pay for the healing of your body. So all the sickness and disease that's in the earth today has been bought and paid for and exchanged for the stripes that Jesus took on his body. Amen. Because his body was perfect. He, had, he was not guilty. He had done nothing wrong. He was unworthy to receive any stripes. So when he was that perfect of a sacrifice, everything that was done had great consequences for us. So the great consequences were that this bread now represents his body. We now no longer have to live uh, under the rule of sickness and disease. Because of this little bread right here, what this bread represents, represents that I no longer have to live under sickness and disease. Not because of anything of what I've done, but because he said that my, my body was given for you. It's broken for you. So he, he did that. He could have just done only the spiritual side of things, right? Uh, but he didn't do just the spiritual things. He did the natural things. Uh, he received stripes on his body. So the spiritual things are represented by his blood. But this bread represents the healing of your body. So you have a right, according to the word of God, to live in divine health all the days of your life. And, and so let's pray and thank the Lord for his bread today. So Father, we thank you for this bread that represents your body. Father, you chose as an act of your will to receive stripes upon your back, uh, to be beaten, Father, and to be marred more than any other man, so that every sickness and every disease, Father, would be paid for. And so we're no longer required to receive any sickness and disease. You've paid for it, Father. And you substituted your body for our bodies, that we can live lives of divine health all the days of our life. And when it's time to go home to be with you, Father, we just leave this body and we come home to be with you. And this body will cease functioning without its spirit. And so, Father, we thank you for that. And we declare with our mouths that we can live a life of divine health. We choose to live a life of divine health in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you for that. In your name, in Jesus' name, amen. And Father, for this juice, this represents the, the washing away of all of our sins. It represents your blood shed upon uh, the earth, Father, shed at the cross. And you said that when this, when this blood touches our lives, Father, all of our sins are washed away and when we are made brand new. And so, Father, we choose to accept that. We choose to believe, Father, that 
we stand before you clean, not because of our perfect lives, Father, but because of your perfect blood. And this blood washes away every sin, every sin we've ever committed, Father. And, and Father, if we commit a sin tomorrow, uh, you said that uh, if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to, to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And your blood is what cleanses us, Father. So we stand before you clean, washed in your blood. And we thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, praise God. Is the Lord good? You know, I always enjoy taking communion. I enjoy uh, reminding myself what the Lord's done for us. Amen. And, um, you know, some people receive communion at home. They, they have little communion sets. They receive communion at home. I think that's great, you know. Uh, there's no requirement to do it at any, any particular time. Amen. Uh, and so, um, uh, we'll get done with Jared here. There, He's moving right along right there, right? Um, let's get ready to receive uh, this morning's tithes and offerings. Before we do that, let's just uh, bow our heads and pray for just a minute. And so, Father, we thank you uh, for your goodness and mercy and kindness, Father. Lord, we thank you for your word that we get to live lives uh, as righteous people on the earth. And just real quick, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, uh, we talked about, uh, uh, about living a righteous life. But we live a righteous life as a child of God, as a Christian. And if you've never accepted the Lord Jesus, never asked him into your heart, never confessed him as your Lord and Savior, if you'd like to do that today, uh, we'll be glad to pray with you and pray for you. And so if you'd like us to pray with you to receive salvation, to receive the Lord Jesus in your life, if you'll raise your hands, we'll pray for you. Amen. Get you born again into the kingdom of heaven on the way to heaven. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Anybody like to receive the Lord Jesus? All right, praise God. Well, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to give this morning. Father, we thank you in your word. It said it's better to give than to receive. Uh, and Father, you said that you love a cheerful giver. And so, Father, with great joy, we give into your kingdom. We thank you that it's an honor to give, that you've blessed us so much in our natural lives. Father, that it's a small thing for us to give back to you, Father, a portion of what you provided for us. And so, Father, we thank you that as we give, that all the finances that this ministry needs, Father, will come to pass that we have the ability to pay for everything that, that uh, you've placed in our hearts, Father, as the vision for this ministry. And as we do that, Father, in faith, we thank you that with good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into our bosoms. You are faithful, Father, to, to, to allow us to reap where we've sowed. And you're good to do that, Father. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Come ahead, Mr. Dare, to receive the offering. So don't forget we have a healing school today at 3 o'clock. Um, and then uh, Brother Randy will be with us next Sunday. We've got a prayer this coming Friday, right? So prayer this coming Friday night um, at 7 p.m. here at the church. Uh, then Ladies Fellowship will be here next Saturday uh, at 11 a.m. And then uh, Brother Randy will be with us here on Sunday. Uh, and we'll also have a church meal, right, next Sunday. Uh, so we'll have a busy weekend next weekend, right? Um, and um, I think that's all the announcements, right? And then, of course, uh, uh, it's just the beginning of the month, so uh, be sure to uh, wish Rosemary a birth happy birthday every day of this month, right? Um, and, and so, um, and uh, baby weight hasn't come yet, so we're still on baby watch, right? Uh, uh, prayer service is Friday, right? 7 p.m.? Yeah. Uh, and so, all right, well, y'all be blessed. Have a wonderful week, Lord. We'll see you later.